This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. That first reading is from the fourth chapter of the second book of Kings in the Old Testament. It is about one of the great Old Testament prophets, Elisha. Elisha at this point is traveling. Well, Elisha as a prophet is someone who speaks God's word to God's people and to the world. Elisha also is a wonder worker. He has been given graces by God to be the instrument of miracles for God. Many, many miracles. That is to draw attention to God. And in the process of that, people realize Elisha is in fact a man of God. The grace, the miracles only come from God. They don't come from Elisha, but clearly he is cooperating with God. He's working for God in this world. He's a really wonderful, faithful person. In this passage, he's traveling through an area called Shunem, and there's a woman of means who urges him to have a meal with her and her husband in their home. He does this, and he continues to do it as he's passing through this area. He's a traveler. He needs food. She extends food to him. It grows. The woman says to her husband over time, let's set up a room on the roof of the house, a little room with a bed, a lamp, a chair, and a table so that Elisha can stay here when he travels through this area. What this woman is living is biblical hospitality. Biblical hospitality is a form of love that goes way beyond the standard greeting we might give someone. Hello, shake of a hand, here's a cookie, you can go down the street and find a hotel. Biblical hospitality is quite deep. The woman chooses to recognize the presence of God in Elisha. She doesn't have to do that at all. She chooses to honor the fact that he's a holy man of God. That's why she says to her husband, we should continue to extend this biblical hospitality. Elisha is a holy man of God. She thinks about what his needs are. This can seem very straightforward, but do you do this with everybody whom you recognize as alive in God? What does he need? He needs food. He needs a place to stay. She figures out how she can give from the gifts she has, her time, her talent, her treasure, to serve Elisha, to feed Elisha, to house Elisha. She gives very, very good gifts to Elisha. 
This is biblical hospitality. Why is this important? Biblical hospitality is important because it's a direct means through which God grows in this world, through which God grows in people and in people and in people. God is inside of Elisha. She recognizes this. She chooses to live as God with Elisha. And as a result, God grows in all of these people's lives. God, we talk about this a lot in this parish, God only honors every way that we say yes to God. God only rewards every way that we put God's love into practice in this world. God is only 24-7 attentive to our needs. We know that God is entirely concerned with our needs. God only gives super abundantly. God is never cheap. God gives us always more than we need to meet our needs. A person who chooses to live biblical hospitality recognizes this is who God is, and I am going to put God's love into practice in this real world with people I recognize are alive in God. So this is something beyond just the standard, what we know love is, meeting people's needs, feeding, clothing, greeting, visiting, etc. We have to do that for everybody, the least of our brothers and sisters, people we otherwise would hate. Biblical hospitality is something much more beyond that. God is infinite life and love. Anyone who chooses to live biblical hospitality is going to experience as a result of that choice more and more God, more and more life, more and more love. So in the story, Elisha is moved by what this woman does in living biblical hospitality. He says to his servant, she's lavishing all of this on us. He knows she's not just being polite. This is God working through her. And the proof that he's moved by God is that he wants to do something for her. He has received, and now he wants to give. So he says to her, that the passage we just heard is kind of the Cliff Notes version. Please read the entire passage. It's not that long. Two Kings 4, when you go home. He says to her, what can I do for you? Can I put in a good word with the king? Can I put in a good word with the army commander? She basically says, I'm fine, I'm happy, I'm here at home with my family, my husband, I am happy here. He persists. Further evidence, I would say, that God's spirit is moving him. Just because she doesn't want something doesn't mean she doesn't need something. So he says to his servant, what can we do for her? And the servant says, she does not have a child and her husband is getting older. The servant doesn't say, oh yeah, let's get her some flowers. The servant notices what her need is. He sees a God-ordered need in this woman's life. And so Elisha says to her, we just heard it in the reading, he calls her and he says, a year from now, you will be fondling an infant son. Think about this. That is the last thing you say to someone who can't have a child. Oh yeah, a year from now you'll have a kid. That, that would be cruel, that would be sick. God is moving in Elisha for him to say that. That's not his opinion. God is clearly revealing that to him. And she says, when you read the full detail, my Lord, to Elisha, you are a servant of God. 
do not deceive your servant. She understandably can't believe this. She thinks he's, you're just saying this. Don't deceive me because you're a person of God. In fact, a year later, she has a baby boy. So when you please, 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 and if you don't do this, I will come to your home and it's going to get ugly. When you read the whole story at home this week, you will see that her choice to live biblical hospitality ends up leading to a chain of God and life and love for her, her son, her husband, their family, that includes a couple years later with the boy, one of the most astonishing real miracles in the entire Old Testament, because she chooses to live biblical hospitality. So that's what I encourage you to do this week. This is very simple. Please reread, oh wait, back. Jesus, the Son of God, affirms and confirms the truth of all this from the Old Testament. In the passage we just heard from Mark 10, we've been hearing from Mark 10 the last, these past three Sundays. Remember, Jesus is sending out his closest 12 disciples now as apostles. They're to go out into the world, teach people the way Jesus does, and live Jesus' love the way Jesus lives it. He tells them in the short passage we just heard as a fact, a statement of fact, what will happen when people live biblical hospitality with them. Anyone who welcomes in an actual disciple of Jesus, someone who is genuinely working for Jesus, will receive Jesus and will receive the one who sent Jesus, God the Father. Anyone who welcomes in a disciple of Jesus because he is a prophet or she is a prophet speaking his word will receive a prophet's reward. Anyone who welcomes in a disciple of Jesus because that person is righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. I presume this means if I welcome in someone who's actually working for Jesus, I will receive his truth and I will receive greater justice in my life. If someone even gives a cold, cold of, a cup of cold water, which costs nothing, to someone because he or she is a disciple, that person will not lose his reward. So here's what I invite you to do. Just recognize this biblical hospitality reality and put it into practice for one, one, more than zero, fewer than two, one single new person this week who is not me, because I could be saying all this because I'm looking for a lobster roll. So somebody who is not me, whom you, it's actually within the realm of possibility, someone who is not Paul O'Brien, whom you recognize is an agent of Jesus Christ in the world in which you live. Could be in your family, could be in this parish, could be in your workplace. I'll give you just a couple final thoughts to get you going. Part of the beauty of biblical hospitality is that to live it, you don't need to be wise. You don't need to be rich. Cup of cold water, if it's really given to a person who really needs it, and you don't need to be holy. If right now you're kind of lost in your sin, you don't need to focus on your sin. You can live biblical hospitality, and you will live in God, and God will grow in you, in the midst of whatever mess you've made of your life. Biblical hospitality is only about happiness. It leads to happiness. We are meant to be happy. If you are a happy person, 
by choosing to live additional biblical hospitality, you will be a happier, happier person. And if you're not so happy right now, which I'm sorry to say, I think some of you are not, live this and you will enjoy some happiness for whatever other reasons you're not happy. Biblical hospitality is recognized by people who experience it. We live in a country, it's, it's human life, and we live in a country in which it's so easy to point out people's faults. It's the easiest thing to do. When I, and, it's, and as a result of that, I can think, eh, everyone is just such a mess out there. When I have to choose, who do I recognize is living as a disciple of Jesus? Well, it turns out to be most of the people right now, maybe all of us in this community, there are a lot of really, really good godly people in this world and in this country still. By living biblical hospitality, I recognize that. And when I live it, because we do live in a country where many people don't live biblical hospitality, it's noticed by others. You don't have to explain a thing. I had someone extend biblical hospitality to Father Alonso and me yesterday. I was really moved by what these, these people gave to us to welcome us in. I really notice that. People who have nothing to do with God notice this when we live it. It's a direct form of evangelization, which is all of our job. And finally, this is 4th of July week. There's a danger in this country, and it starts with me, that because we focus on what has been wrong in this country historically, and what has been wrong is wrong in this country today, all of which may be accurate, it's very easy for us to cross the line into saying this whole place is just lousy and it's always been lousy. I think many of our political leaders on all sides and many people who run popular media, basically they're stuck in this rut. I believe that the United States, like every other country on the planet, is meant to be great. I believe that greatness comes from God. I sincerely, I really do pray that God bless America. So to be sure that I'm not sinking into being overly negatively critical, let alone cynical, I think that my living biblical hospitality this week, which I know brings God into this country in a new way, is something I want to do. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.